0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the "Say As It Is" with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, EDI, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode, and I'm going to have a frank and honest discussion around apprenticeship funding. That's right. Yes, it's about apprenticeship funding, and it's like Marmite. Either you love it or you hate it. And, you know, look, I've been in apprenticeships for a long time now, and I have to say, and trust me when I say this, I love funding. And funding is like my Marmite. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. So in this episode, I'm going to explain how funding works um, and kind of ask the question whether funding for apprenticeships is fair or not and we'll come on to that question a bit later on. But a couple of people have reached out to me on LinkedIn asking me from my recent visit to Scotland for Scottish Apprenticeship Week about funding in Scotland because they were a bit unsure of how it works. So I thought why not create a little episode around funding so everybody gets an understanding the basics around funding across the UK because funding is different everywhere. Um, It's different in Ireland or Northern Ireland, it's different in Wales and it is definitely different in Scotland and in England obviously. So let's give you a bit of um, apprenticeship funding history 101 so pre-funding, pre-levy it was all funded by the government and it was uh, a lot more easier back then as training providers had access to full funding so it meant that it didn't come out of the employer's pocket as it does now and i'll explain how that works later if you're unsure but it meant that it came from the government but what the government did back then pre-levy was stipulate about funding so Training providers and if you're you are a training provider or come from the background you'll know what I'm saying on this one that there was a main focus on sixteen to eighteen year olds and then nineteen to twenty four um and then there was very limited funding for twenty five plus so back in those days, if you was twenty four plus um you had no luck of getting on an apprenticeship. None whatsoever, or well, back then it was called QCS or MVQs. Um, But that's a little white lie. As some training providers were able to access funding for the 24 pluses, and I came from the provider background and I knew that there was always a little bit of funding hidden or hidden back or where we get access to. So when that funding was given, we would be able to go back out to employees and say, hey, look, we've got funding for 24 pluses. Have you got anybody? Um, But the main focus of training providers was the 16 to 18 and the 19 to 24, because that was where most of the largest funding stream came in from. Now, this is where we then come into the lovely levy that came into effect in April 2017. And it was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Because a lot of employers started calling it a tax and how could they do this um, as there was an uncertainty of, you know, them being taxed and the apprenticeship levy became the apprenticeship tax and various other things. And I think there was a lot of discourse when the levy came out because the government had decided not to fund apprenticeships anymore and push the onus back onto the employer's and this is when apprenticeships had certain funding bands for qualifications. And, you know, look, the, the bands were, I think there's like 27 different bands at one point. Um, and the funding was set at certain levels. And at a certain band level, you would you would pay a certain amount. But now with the Institute of Apprenticeships around, you know, there are boards that sit down and decide how much a qualification costs. And then the providers will then charge that cost. So with the lovely levy, um, it has now been about six years that the levy has been in place and it's still going strong. And I don't think it's going to change. It's going to be around the way it is for for a while. And there are talks of the levy reform um, and that's still to come. But we have to understand that when the levy came out, there were certain incentives that came with it. So, if you employ anybody sixteen to eighteen, there was a incentive, Um, especially during the uh, pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, to get people into work. There was a incentive of getting people employed up to uh, where the government were paying or the SFA were offering up to three thousand pounds per person that you employ onto an apprenticeship that was new into the business. So there were some benefits. So why talk about funding? Well, if you don't know. Um, the levy is only for England and Scotland, Ireland and Wales have their own funding streams. Um, So it's not like you're paying the levy and you're cut and it covers the whole of the UK. It doesn't. It only covers England, Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales are on their own funding streams. Now with those funding streams come their own funding rules (laughs) and Funding rules are funding rules. Now, you're thinking here, Pete, what are you saying? Well, this is where I'm going to share some of my knowledge and explain each funding stream and how it works to the best of my ability. Um, because, you know, there are lots of funding rules. And it to get your head round them is a lot. So that's why we have training providers. And I know some amazing people out there like, uh lee hill amy cooper and a few others that i can lean upon to check those funding rules i'm a little bit unsure but i think it's key to know that even though although i came from a training provider background you know i my head is always in the funding rules um, and even now as an employer and um, my head is buried in the scottish funding rules from um the skills development scotland um my head is in the welsh funding rules my head is in the in the dfe for northern ireland's funding rules so my head is funding rules funding rules funding rules and i love reading them so every year we have funding rules and for the levy which is done by the esfa or the it's now that there are three types of funding rules funding rules for employers which as employers, if you do have a levy pot, then you do have to abide by those funding rules. It's part of your DAS account agreement that you agree to those funding rules on what you can spend your levy on and various other things. But there's also employer provider funding rules and main provider funding rules. And as the nerd I am, I always read all three funding rules that come out. So enough about funding rules at the moment. But let's start with England as a funding stream to look at first. So as I've said, uh, we have the levy now, um, and there's two ways that this works. Now, the first one is companies with a pay bill over 3 million have a levy, also known as a levy pot. So if you pay over 3 million on your pay bill, you are paying the levy and This levy goes into a uh, DAS account, a digital apprenticeship system account, and this is where you access it uh, and you pay for your apprenticeships via that system. It's like a digital voucher when you're paying a provider. Um, One piece of advice i give you um, is do not allow your training provider to have access to your DAS account. It's your responsibility as an employer to maintain your DAS account, and unfortunately, there have been some providers that have misused employer's funding before and some of those providers that have done that have now disappeared off the face of the earth. So it's down to whoever's looking after your um, Levy account within your L&D or, HRD or HR teams to manage that account and solely and ideally one person only. Now, when it comes to that account, it's key to remember that when you're adding apprentices on via account, make sure you have the UK PRN number for the provider. When setting up a cohort of apprentices, sometimes it's more easy to set the cohort up with that UK PRN number for the provider and allow access to the provider to add the learner information only. Do not, and I repeat, and this is out of experience from what's happened in the past, um, not actually with me, but from what I've seen in the past, is do not give your personal logins to a provider or create an account for the provider to log in. They will have their own systems. um, So you don't need to touch it and never give access to a provider. Now, there may be some providers listening to this and say, Pete, that's not right. But I can tell you from experiences and what I know out there, just make sure when you set up your DAS account, you set it up for your apprenticeship team or your apprenticeship administrators that are doing it do not give your providers access, just let them add the learners on. So you create a cohort, uh, send that cohort number um, to the apprenticeship team of your provider, but they'll also get notification anyway, and they can go on from their end on their system and add the learners on, and you just get a message to go in and approve. So that's a bit of advice and a top tip. So with that levy, you've got that levy pot going in. Um, but I have to say, if you are an SME, then a small, medium sized enterprise business, then you don't get a levy because of your pay bills, not over the 3 million. So this works a little bit different. And this is where i come on to point two. So if you're an SME, um, you would only need to pay 5% of the cost of an apprenticeship and the remaining 95% is covered by the government. Um, Well, I say the government, but it's covered really by the unspent levy that employers have not managed to use up in the 24 month window uh, that we have. And it's a bonus, really. So if you're an SME and you want to put an apprentice on an apprenticeship, you're only going to pay five percent of the total value of the apprenticeship. So, you know, even if it's two, three, four, five hundred pounds, that is all you're paying Rather than paying the three, four, five, six thousand pounds of that apprenticeship out of your levy or having to pay for it commercially, you're only paying that small amount, and that is even still worth it. A small investment from your business for an SME to pay two, three, four hundred pounds to invest in taking on an apprentice, where 95% of the cost of that apprenticeship will be covered by uh, the government or some unspent levy. So, if you're an SME, take full advantage of it. So when we're looking at this and we're taking on apprentices, what we must remember is the kind of working hours that an apprentice can have. So for an apprenticeship in England, the minimum of 20 hours per week. So, If a learner works less than 30 hours per week, the minimum length of the program is increased. Um, So there is a calculation for that um, that is in the funding rules from the ESFA but you have to understand that ideally you should be putting an apprentice on a minimum of 30 hours. Um, anything less than that, obviously, as it says, you're gonna start then, um, having that apprenticeship expand. So 12 months becomes an 18 months. Um, it could be a 20 month depending on, you know, their hours, you don't want to say it, but you could put an apprentice on a zero hour contract. But again, you're going to have to pay for the time that's required for that apprentice to do their learning because you have to support that um, and support them pay for their visits with their tutor um, and pay for the off the job as well. So what I would say is try and not put an apprentice on a zero hours contract. Put them on a minimum of 30 hours a week. Kind of a week okay, um, And also advantages of that is that if they are 16 to 24, you don't pay the class 1 NI, um, which I have mentioned in a previous uh, podcast for apprentice wages. Um, And then again, as I say, if you're taking an apprentice, pay them a fair wage. Now, a little bit of interesting facts with regards to unspent levy. Now, any unspent levy is offered up uh, to the other areas or the other nations, as I like to call them, for them to access and used the uh, unspent levy to support with the apprenticeships um, or funding of the apprenticeship streams in their areas. So that goes to Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales. They have access to the unspent levy uh, that we don't get to spend as employers and they get to use that towards supporting the apprenticeships they offer in their regions. Now. Let's give you a little bit of history on this. So how much unspent levy has there been? Um, And I ask that question quite a lot. So let's just take a second to look at this. Now, when we're looking at unspent levy, we're looking at um, the amount of levy that has been unspent since, you know, kind of 2017 up until 2022. So I'm going to go through this a little bit of history. So, Um, Financial year of 17 to 18, 428 million was uh, unspent. 18 to 19, 493 million was unspent. Uh, 19 to 22 is 550 million of unspent levy. Um, And then year 20 to 21, so this is when we were in the pandemic, it slightly went up again uh, to 604 million. And then 21 to 22 is 11 million was unspent. So overall, we're looking at about 2 billion uh, pounds of unspent levy since the levy started in april 2017 and that's a lot um and that information comes from the dfe um the department for education um and i was able to obtain this information also from fe week so it's quite a lot of funding that is or or levy spend that is not spent by employers and a lot of employees do say they don't have the means to spend all their um levy money um but it's good to know that that levy is put out to the other uh, kind of areas or nations for them to use. So let's look at those other areas and see how they kind of use the unspent levy that they can tap into, but how they fund their apprenticeships. So let's look at Wales. Well, I'm happy to say that Wales fund all their apprenticeships so they fully fund apprenticeships for anyone aged 16 to 65 um and they do have some priority areas where they uh look at for example so like if it's hospitality and tourism um they look at that as a key priority so you, and also you have to be within that job and you can't be in that role more than six months to be placed on an apprenticeship you have to be in that role and do an apprenticeship right at the beginning. So when you start a job or, or start an apprentice in a role, get them onto their apprenticeship as soon as possible to access that funding. But it's good to know that in Wales, the apprenticeships are fully funded. But just out of interest, apprenticeship working hours, they give a minimum of 16 hours per week for that one. So to be on an apprentice, you have to be a minimum of 16 hours, but apprenticeships are fully funded which is fantastic and good to hear now let's look at northern ireland so northern ireland a little bit different apprenticeships are fully funded for anyone aged 16 to 24 but if you're 25 years and above then there is um only the commercial option So unfortunately, if you're 25 or plus, you cannot access an apprenticeship. And as an employer, you cannot put somebody who's 25 plus onto an apprenticeship because there is no funding. You would have to pay commercially for it. And the commercial cost is dependent upon the provider. But if they're 16 to 24, it is fully funded. Hmm. And the minimum hours for an apprentice in uh, Northern Ireland is 21 hours per week. So. Let's move on to Wee Bonnie Scotland. Now, Scotland, which is done by the uh, Skills Development for Scotland. Now, if you are aged 16 to 19 years, then your apprenticeship is fully funded. Now, if you are aged 20 to 24 years, this requires an employer contribution. And then if you're 25 plus, then it's commercial only. So the twenty to twenty four means that it, with the employer's contribution, only a, a bit like the levy for an SME, only so much is covered, but the rest has to be covered by the employer. So only an X amount of funding will be covered, and normally that's anything from a thousand to one thousand five hundred pounds. So in Scotland, you're probably looking at an average of about one thousand five hundred pounds to add as an employer contribution for an apprenticeship for a 20 to 24-year-old. There are special dispensations for if someone uh, has a learning disability, a drug or alcohol problem, um, or there are other elements uh, that meet the uh, criteria where the funding would be fully covered. But if not, and you are aged 20 to 24, then as an employer, you would have to pay a contribution that can be anything from up to, say, one thousand five hundred pounds per employee. But again, sixteen to nineteen year olds are fully funded, and if you are twenty five plus, then there is that commercial cost, and that commercial cost um, could be anything from, you know, a couple of thousand pounds. Could be from one to two thousand pounds to probably six, seven thousand pounds, depending on the qualification and the level. So interesting, right now here's the question. Is the funding fair or not? Well, in my eyes, it's not. Why? Well, Scotland and Ireland have access to unspent levy like Wales, and I feel that they should use it more and stop this age restriction. And this age restriction grinds my gears in basic terms. Times have moved on. An apprenticeship should be open to anyone regardless of age especially as the landscape of recruitment changes so with the levy in England there is no age restriction now as I stated before there was a focus on certain age brackets 16 to 18 19 to 24 and that was it it's very similar to how Scotland and Northern Ireland are working now because of the age restriction that was because it was funded by the government And the government had a key focus on certain age groups. And this age restriction, like I've said in the apprentice wage, needs to be abolished, right? Those days are gone. Under the levy, age restrictions were removed and anybody from the age of 16 upwards could do an apprenticeship. And that was a game changer, massively. And this needs to happen for Scotland and Northern Ireland. They have and can tap into that unspent levy so, why aren't they? Why are they not allowing anybody? For, for, let's look at Scotland, for example. Scotland should fund apprenticeships from 16 upwards regardless. They shouldn't be saying to the employer, you need to contribute if you want somebody to an apprenticeship age 20 to 24, or you have to pay the full qualification for 25 pluses. And same for Ireland. They shouldn't be saying, once you get to 25, you have to pay the commercial cost as an employer. That's restricting potential hidden talent out there from coming to join your company. And that's a shame. So Northern Ireland and Scotland, smell the coffee, look at the landscape, it's changing. Access some more of that funding from the unspent levy and start funding your apprenticeships. Now, take EasyJet, for example. They just did a big recruitment drive for over 50s. And most of um, of them now... Are doing an apprenticeship with them for cabin crew and there is a qualification in cabin crew standards um but if we uh, limit funding to the key age groups then we limit the hidden talent as i said before now the over 50s 50s plus have some amazing hidden talents some amazing strengths and there's lots of people aged over 24 or 25 that have some amazing hidden talents, not being great in education, may not have chosen the right career path, that come into an apprenticeship and they are amazing at what they do. So kudos to EasyJet for looking at the over 50s and putting on to an apprenticeship in England. Now you might say, for example, and this is in the funding rules, that if somebody works in Scotland, but also may work in England, can the English levy or the England levy pay for their apprenticeship? Well, there is a small loophole. If that person spends 50% or more of the time, say 55, 60% of their time in England and the remainder in Scotland, then yes, the apprenticeship can be funded via the levy. But if they spend 60% of their time in Scotland and the rest in England, then it can't. So that's in the funding rules. Now, there are those little loopholes and all those things in the funding rules so i would suggest if you are still unsure about how to get your head around the funding rules feel free to reach out to me more than happy to go through with them and share some basic information with you um but i think businesses need to step up a bit and lobby especially the scottish government and the northern ireland government although it doesn't really have one at the moment but we need to lobby them and say scrap the age restrictions for funding, anybody 16 upwards, should be able to access an apprenticeship. Because the landscape is changing. And especially as the government looks to introduce these new employability schemes like the returnships, um, and still fund and boost all of these, you know, skills, boot camps, and various other employability programs that should lead on to an apprenticeship. And if we are Trying to do that in Scotland and Northern Ireland, but we're restricted to a certain age bracket, it ain't going to work. Simple as that. So this is where I have my call to arms. So my call to arms is to have businesses, training providers, employability agencies or companies um, to do their utmost, to lobby the Scottish government and the Northern Ireland government, to get them to open up and fund apprenticeships for all ages. Age restrictions have got to stop. I said this on the last podcast about apprenticeship wages and the age restriction um, where certain age, age, ages have certain wages paid. It's got to stop. We should all be paid at 10.42 regardless, no matter if you're an apprentice or you're anybody aged 16 to 22. The same with apprenticeships. Everybody from the age of 16 upwards should have the right to have access to an apprenticeship, whether to be upskilled in the workplace or to start a new career in a business as an apprentice. And you're never too old to do an apprenticeship. And there are some amazing success stories I've seen out there during Apprenticeship Week in Apprenticeship Week Scotland or National Apprenticeship Week. So come on, get rid of the age restrictions apprenticeships should not be restricted and limited to ages come on wake up and smell the coffee please people so that's all i've got to say about the funding on this one and as you can obviously see i don't think the funding is fair you may think different and i'm happy for you to reach out and tell me why you think different and maybe we have another podcast around this and you join me on that conversation but as it stands right now funding isn't fair It needs to change. So, well, on that note, I'm going to wrap up this episode. So thank you for listening. Uh, And remember, if you want to join me on any uh, future uh, episodes, then reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, Although I do have a slight uh, correction to make from last week's podcast on apprenticeship wages. Two slight things that um, I was uh, contacted on. I one, just want to say that on the recording, I'd mentioned that the pandemic was on the twenty third of March, twenty nineteen. I do know, and I apologise, I got the year wrong. I do know that the pandemic was in twenty twenty. It's a slight mistake, and I referenced the cost of a cup of coffee at a train station being three sixty or three ninety. I actually meant to say it should have been four sixty or four ninety. The two little errors I just want to pick up and correct the one or two of you did who listened to me and thank you very much reached out to me and said Pete you missed a year where were you? All the years are wrapped into one. So it doesn't matter. I'm there. So apologies for that. But again, thank you for listening. So guys, again, thank you for listening to this episode. Um but as always You can listen to past episodes via Apple Podcasts or Spotify and a new episode will drop every Monday. So until next time, thank you for listening and catch you next Monday for another episode of Say As It Is with Pete.